Hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 123 of the Three Point Podcast. Our trifecta includes the young buck, Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our middleman is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm the old dog, Ted Fattel of Sportsnet, Michigan and WJSZ Radio. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, Card Service Michiana, Corona Connection, Promec Engineering, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Sheridan Auction Service, and Z92.5 The Castle. Three Point Podcast is syndicated on Sports Radio Detroit. Never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Well, we're going to get caught up, see what's new with us, uh, talk maybe a little COVID. We'll also definitely get into some sports, Kyrie Irving and the NBA in the news, along with Major League Baseball. And we'll have another episode of Tedertainment tonight. We're going to get it all rolling right after this. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Homes' number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesonine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. All right, guys, let's get caught up to date a little bit on uh, this last week. Jared, uh, you've still been uh, flinging mulch? Yeah, fl- so on this podcast, we don't normally like to badmouth companies but as you guys know i went golfing yesterday and i i'm just i had to literally i put the death sentence on the willowbrook byron golf course another another episode have you ever I, heard I of wait. having a problem with so, so one we, i call make a tee time for five guys which is kind of if you go to like an augusta they're not gonna let you play with five guys but if you go to basically any course that i've ever played in my life they don't really care if you play with five so we get there and then on hole one tee there's literally we set a tea time 11:22 a.m. We get there on a whole one. There's a pileup of about seven carts at like 11:15. We end up not even teeing off till like 11:45. We probably should have just left right there. Then we 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 find out that there's a whole outing going on in front of us that they did not tell us about. We play six holes in the matter of three hours. Oh. So oh. then we finally just we we were like all right let's just finish nine and then we'll go get our refund. And and this guy comes around right around hole six, and it's the owner or whatever the manager, some old geezer, and he goes, "Hey, you got like we're, I I kid you not, we're waiting fifteen minutes on every single tee box." And this guy comes up to says, "Hey, you guys got to split up. Like, what did I tell you? You can't be playing in a five sum. Like, you got to split up. Like, you need to be three and then two. And we're like, we're literally waiting for fifteen minutes every single shot. Like, why would we split up? And then he just he just looks at us like puts his hands up." And says, well, you just got to split up. So we're dealing with that. And we just literally, we think about it for about 10 minutes, just kind of almost like, is this guy for real? And we just say, you know what, we're out of here. So we, we pull out. 
and we go and we get a, a refund for the back nine. And and when we're getting the refund, they're sitting there talking all snarky, like, "Oh, well, what'd you expect? It's a weekend and this and that." Well, and and we're just like, "Well, we set a tea time one, two. Like, you didn't want to tell us that there's outing three. You didn't want to tell us on the phone that you had a problem with us playing with five people." And so they literally hand us these. Uh, returns and, and my buddies took them but nope i took mine and i literally ripped it off right <laughs> i was walking out threw it away oh the, the i move, will never be back and that's move, my favorite course in the area the move would have been to rip it up right in front of them but still <laughs> it, like it's i just don't it's, i just don't get it like why in god's green earth what like it's just there's a certain way to run a golf course like, i feel like even matt like when he's talking about how he used to was like the groundskeeper or whatever at chippewa, chippewa i think yeah. he would do a better job running a course than like what just happened yesterday it ruined my whole saturday yeah matt even you would do a better job <laughs> even me i don't know <laughs> well i was like i'm saying like when you were like a 21 year old like landscaping guy there right right no the first thing i was gonna say is the the five something i mean that, i was surprised even yeah why they didn't mention that on the phone like all right if you got five you got to split up exactly i don't think i've ever played on a course that allows five people to play on the same grouping so that that's kind of strange but right not to mention the outing being on in front of you like usually they would at least say that like yeah you can tee off at eleven twenty-two, but we've got a, a 40-man scramble ahead of you you know or something like that so you know that's just kind of bad customer service but is this the course that because you said byron is this the course that spray paints their yardage yes. markers on trees? They spray paint their yardages on trees. That's another complaint I have with them. <laughs> I'm just, well, I'm not going to have to worry about that anymore. I'm never going back. Yeah. and if- I think with your, uh, you should be setting your bar a little lower. If you're, if you're playing, I'm not taking a shot. It's probably a nice <laughs> course. I've never played that course. But if they're spray painting their yardage markers on trees. Maybe your expectations should be a, a touch lower. Uh, that's I'm okay with lowering my, like, you know, if the, if the grass isn't as green or if the yardages are spray painted, but... Just being a, like a like a not rude and not just being like unnecessarily like trying to break our group up and just basically ruin our day like for absolutely no reason. We're not even the root of the problem. Like he needed to go up there and the people who are golfing unbelievably slow and break them up. Like why are you breaking up these people that are in the middle of this group where there's ten groups behind us packed up? There's ten groups in front of us backed up. Like we're not doing anything. So that's just like simple. Like anyone knows that that's like with a brain can put two and two together. There. You know, typically we butt heads a little bit, but on this in this case, I'm I'm pretty much a hundred percent in agreement with you. I think the you know with a tea time and they don't set it exactly at that tea time or within you know 10 minutes anyway first of all they were at fault for that and then like we've all said to have a group outing that you had to kind of fit in between and then they've slowed things down uh, that's ridiculous and then the the third thing i was going to say is you called and said you were going to golf with five right and then when you checked in you had two and then and then how'd that go Fine. And then when we were on hole one teeing off, the guy drives up and says, oh, you guys know you're like almost as if he like knew he had us like at that point after we had just waited for 30 minutes at the, at the hole one tee. And we and then a couple holes later, he said uh, he came by again and we said we were going to split up. But it's like, what's even the purpose? Like, we're just going to split up and it's going to make the wait even longer. Right. Then he, then that's when he came back again on hole six. And we just said, yeah, we're out of here. OK, I, I get it. But what's the purpose of a tee time? If you're just going to send a billion groups off during your tea time, like it, you know that, ha- and it, unfortunately, I think it happens quite a bit. I know my brother-in-law Joe, he's he's mentioned that before <laughs> that he's gone to golf courses with a set tea time, and they've done the same kind of exact thing. And look at we're we're going to treat our sponsors like kings here, you know. Yeah. And if you're if you're running a business like any golf course or any other business out there, customer service should be number one because especially in the golf industry. You want people coming back, and you're, you're yeah. a prime example. You're out of there. You're going elsewhere. Done. Favorite course in the area, just like that, never playing again. Well, you know, we're talking a little golf and Jared. He's all worked up, obviously. But uh, today you got a little outing uh, again out at one of our uh, good sponsors on the radio, the Emerald. Yeah. And have, you've golfed there before, right? Yeah, I've played there before. That was where my uh, districts, where our team actually advanced. That mm-hmm. was like when I was a sophomore. That was pretty cool. We actually advanced to regionals, but that's a tough course, and it's I'm I'm not it's not going to be fun. I don't think it's <laughs> it's tough. I, you, it's really long, and there's you know a lot of trees and a lot of trouble. So and the greens are 
very, very fast, well, the Emerald. Well, so. the one thing I'll say about the Emerald, though, they they're, it's run by great people, number one. They keep it up in good yeah. shape. You're right. It's a challenge. Mid-Michigan's gem. It's absolutely right. It's one of, definitely one of my favorite uh, golf courses out there. Obviously, I don't golf much anymore, but uh, we've, we have our radio station Christmas party out there every year. They treat <laughs> us well, prime rib. So kudos. Maybe you have a new, new course that uh, will become a regular. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, potentially, you said that you saw you dusted off your golf clubs. I did. I, I had two bags. You know, my father-in-law, when he passed, I got his golf clubs and bag. And I went into the crawl space and said, you know what? I'm getting older. I'm going to retire one of these days. Uh, I, I might I might go out and golf a little bit before this summer's over. So, yeah, I got them out of the crawl space, and now they're in the garage. <laughs> right, I've, got a, I've got a couple things here. You're, you not only had you put your clubs away for a bit, you had them shoved in the crawl space. I did, and it's funny how it's there like, was no intent to use them. For man, a while. It's funny how it's almost like a job where he's like, oh, you know, I'm like today I'm going to move them from the crawl space to the garage so that maybe one day I will have easy access to them and when I can go golf. You know, I hate to admit it, but that pretty much is exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> yeah, usually, usually the clubs just get like the back of the shed or in the. Up in the, like the loft of the garage, you had them shoved in the crawl space. That's pretty funny. Well, well, let me paint the picture a little bit. My crawl space is pretty decent. I mean, I have a lot of stuff stored in there. I mean, it's it's four foot high, you know, so it's it's and it's dry, so it's 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 definitely storage space. But I get it. I don't. I don't know. You're a bit of a hoarder. I am what I see. Oh, no, I am. I, I agree. There was one summer I remember you. We it was you. We you were having some sort of party at your house, like <laughs> you, like a Fourth of July, I think. Okay. In your big old job, like for a couple weeks, you were talking about cleaning out your base or your garage. Right. He didn't get rid of anything. You just threw it all in black boxes. <laughs> like that was your cleaning out the garage. Black storage tubs. That's yeah. right. But it looks better. You got to have all those totes to to organize everything. But Jerry, I, I before we like move away from this, did you golf in high school, Jared? Uh for two years. Yeah, freshman and sophomore year. Honestly, the most fun I've ever had playing sports was was during those two seasons. Playing, you didn't start playing football until junior year? No, it flipped. So now golf is in the spring. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because yeah, golf so. used to be in the fall. I guess maybe yep, I didn't yep. notice so, that it flipped, but okay. So you gave up golf uh, because you were concentrating on your football career, right? And so they encouraged you to switch over to track? Yeah, I mean, the head varsity football coach and the assistant football coach were both the track coaches so probably made sense to run track make makes sense a, a good strategy move there now matt before we do move off of golf are you a golfer do you do you golf much i mean you're in a pretty good uh, haven down there in north carolina yeah i mean people golf year-round down here i the last couple of years i i went i've went, i've gone a couple times the last few years since i moved down here but yeah we must have been talking about this off air like when i was in college especially that summer that i was a green scraper keeper at chippewa I golfed every day. I mean, maybe kind of like what Jared's doing a little bit this summer. I would go every day. Uh, when I was at college, I would play at the Meadows, the the course at Grand Valley State. Yep. I don't know if, Jared, if you yep. played that yep. when you yep. were over there. Um, there's a lot of nice courses over on the west side of the state, too, that I, that I played. So I used to golf quite a bit. And I'm not using, like, the kid as an excuse because people with kids golf a lot. I Just, like, busier. I'm just – I don't know. I can't really find a lot of time to golf, but – I do miss it, especially now that we're talking about it a lot, and you're talking about dusting your clubs off, pulling them out of, out of the basement, out of the crawl space. I, I kind of feel like I might want to dust them off too. Yeah, maybe a three-point podcast outing somewhere down the road. Or when you, get or up you here. got the, uh, the Hall of Fame outing coming up every year. Oh, I'm not. Gotta, I'm not. There is no way I'm going to do that one. I'll, I'll participate by uh, going to the dinner. And not, I, I, just, <laughs> I can't get mocked that bad. That's just too much. Yeah, that might be I mean, that's, that's part of the fun. Like, if you're out there with everyone and, and you're the guy that's shanking every shot, then, you know, that makes it kind of fun, right? You call no, that fun? that's not fun. <laughs> it's not. It's that's fun probably, for everybody mocking That's hell guy. on earth. It's funny how golf, it's you do it for leisure. But even, like, yesterday, I was like, when you're in the middle of golf, and you're like, this is the worst thing on earth. I don't know why the hell I'm out here. There's those rounds that you have that, like, nothing is going well, and you're on, like, six or seven if you're playing 18, and you're just like, I don't want to finish. Yeah. Why did I spend a hundred dollars to do this? This is stupid. It's hot. I'm sweating. Not having fun at all. I'm tired. But then you then you have that one hole where you get a nice birdie or something like that, and it brings it all back around. Yeah. That one last thing on golf is the Meadows, which Matt was mentioning. The thing that's cool about that course is on like college football Saturdays, all the all the you know kids that are partying like where usually the kids tailgate at at Grand Valley is at the Meadows. And you have to walk, right? People call it like DUI, DUI road, or something <laughs> like because it's 
you have to walk basically from there to like the football field and i guess a lot of people get pulled over right and the golf course there's like three or four tee boxes like that kind of run light right along each other so when you're when you're playing right there kids will be yelling like you know baba booey and stuff like as you're hitting like i know you as a david stern or not david stern, howard, howard stern, stern. <laughs> howard stern appreciate that yeah so it's kind of funny it's it's almost like you're on the pga or something well, uh, we're going to talk golf and some other sports. I mean, professional golf and other sports. But uh, this COVID thing, any any major changes, guys, uh, that you've seen this week? I'll start it off by just saying uh, I went uh, to one of the local restaurants this week, you know, and they're supposed to still be the staff wearing masks and, you know, the, the patrons being spread out and also wearing masks when they come in. I have to, I have to admit, and I won't name the, the, the restaurant, but uh, – I didn't see a single mask anywhere by staff or anybody. So it just worries me just a little bit that people are, are, are taking note of, okay, you get to go to restaurants, you get to do a lot more normal stuff, and forget about the safety stuff. You guys seeing any of that? Well, like, correct me if I'm wrong, I, did I see that when you, if you go into a restaurant, like if you're, in, if you're waiting, yeah, I, th- I thought the staff was supposed to wear it, but I thought I saw, like, once you sit at your table, you can take it off. Yes, well, yeah. That's true. So, but like, no, no one was wearing them at all, though. Not even the staff or anyone. No, which shocked me. Uh, and I had, I'm the only one that was in there because I went in to pick up a to-go order, and I was the only one with a mask. See, it's well, I can even tell from the first few weeks of this coronavirus where you were coming in here with hand sanitizer, Clorox wipes, yes, a mask on. That's right. Now you just have none of it. You don't even care anymore. <laughs> so it looks like it's changing in your. I took care of all that before you got here, you know, (laughs) the way you overslept and got here late. So (laughs) I was under the impression this started around 10 to 10, 15. So I guess when I got here. Okay. Yeah. yeah, We were wondering if you were a little hungover this morning and that's why you were a little late, but you know, it, it does seem like, uh, I I think a lot of people are just kind of like over it. You know, there's like COVID fatigue, if you want to call it that, like, and it, it, what, it doesn't help that it seems like every day or every week, there's like conflicting reports coming out like one week, you know, masks are required, but then maybe they say like, maybe it's not required. Or if you're asymptomatic, you don't need the mask or, you know, like it just seems like they're learning so much about this virus. And every day, every week, some new stuff comes out. People are just like done with it. And they're ready to go out to restaurants. They're ready to go to the beach or go to the park or, you know, do that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's kind of tough, but you hope that people keep wearing masks. We noticed when, you know, like states are different i don't know if you noticed ted when you drove out to dc i think you said that people were actually at that time still wearing a lot of masks yeah they were were a lot more than here in mid-michigan for sure yeah yeah i thought you mentioned that when we were talking about it but like when we went to south carolina i maybe i mentioned this on the podcast i don't think people ever believed that this was a thing (laughs) when when we've gone down there to the beach a couple times the last few weeks there's just like no masks and people are just like over it and stuff like that yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah, I just want to throw it out there one more time. Public service, Ted here. You know, people, it's still out there. Let's, let's keep going slow. I really think, you know, and again, we've we've mentioned it many times, not to get political, but I think the state of Michigan's done a pretty good job with it, and we've seen that with the numbers going down. You know, if we want to keep moving forward, and and heck, I can't wait this week to get a haircut. To be honest with you. But we just got to keep, you know, keep it cool. Don't just jump right into things or we're going to see another uh, another round of it. And that's the last thing we need. You know, like you're seeing people say, like, about the masks. I was just thinking about it as you were mentioning the masks at the restaurant. You know, like, I, I know some people feel like they, they never have never wore masks or they don't think they're supposed to or they don't believe, like, the medical experts and stuff like that. And I was just thinking, like, the analogy that I think about, you know, like people say, like, I haven't been wearing a mask I, and I haven't got sick or, you know, they, they throw out stuff like that. And I'm like, well, you know, it's always been recommended by health experts and by the, the medical field to wear protection if you're going to have sex, if you don't want an STD, if you don't want to get pregnant and stuff like that. But, like, if you have unprotected sex, don't get an STD or get pregnant. It's not like those medical experts were wrong about a condom, right? Right. Still safer. It's still safer to wear protection, right? So, like, when I see people say, like, I haven't been wearing a mask this whole time, and my family hasn't, and never gotten sick. So these people are lying about the mask. It's like it's not like the medical experts are lying about the mask. It's a recommendation to be safer. Yeah, speaking so that, of, like that's the whole point. <laughs> speak, speaking of that, my wife makes me wear a mask on my penis every time we have sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole oh, other story, Jared. On top of your uh, sleep apnea, Max, <laughs> mask? 
oh yeah, I, I like to have the sleep apnea mask on and the mask on my penis. That's <laughs> yeah. a, it's a good look. <laughs> and I just want to tell everybody that the coronaconnection.com, they know it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at coronaconnection.com. Also, our good friends at Advanced Elevator. They feature top expert field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators, an area business leader, and a longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools and a proud partner here on Three Point Podcast. And also, Nelson House Funeral Homes, number one goal is to serve the families in our community. The top priority, caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. Since 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop, Listen, I can personally tell you they are the best in the business. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. By the way, we're doing a little, I feel like I'm with PBS here. We're doing a little partner push. We're trying to line up a few more sponsors to start July 1st. Um, The rates are really uh, inexpensive. You get a lot of bang for your buck. So if you have anybody that you know might want to hop on board, uh, just hit us up on social media at Three Point Pod. Well, guys, before we get in deep into sports, I have this is an old geezer type of question for you guys. I didn't bother looking it up. I could have Googled it. What in the hell is going on with this Karen thing out there? <laughs> Wait, what? I'm not even sure what you're talking about. Matt, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Sounds like it. Fill us in because I have I see these videos and oh, there's a Karen and you know and they're doing something stupid. Where, any idea where this all came about? No, I, I mean, I think, Jared, I, I know you've definitely seen this out there. Maybe you just didn't get the reference. But, I mean, it started a few years ago, I don't know, three or four years ago. And obviously the last couple months has really picked up steam. But basically, you know, like any time, and it's the Karen part is when it's a white lady calling the cops on, usually it's a person of color, like for either like being in the park at the wrong place or, you know, they're calling the cops is where it comes from. Ah. Or they're, they're yelling at the manager because their steak was cooked wrong or something. And then people are recording these ridiculously crazy interactions or whatever. So now it has just become a Karen. So apparently the very first one, her name was Karen and it's just carried on to today, huh? Maybe she was actually named Karen or like she just fit that description. Okay. Like just like, general white lady Karen. You know how it's like, oh, you're Chad? Like, if you're a frat guy, like, you're Chad or oh, a Brad. So that's what it Thad. is. So like, Karen's like, a white bread yeah, woman name. Yeah. That's what they put on it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you answered my question there. <laughs> well, I need to ask you a question. Okay. And I, maybe we're going to get to it. But oh, boy. I just keep Here we see- go. I keep seeing it on your notes. Uh, he has up and then in parentheses, 2009, written under the movie section. Did you, like, just watch that movie or something? Yeah, What's yeah. going on with that? that? Well, you, want, you want to get into I it now? I kind of want to, before, you know, in case we lose any listeners, I kind of want to get into okay, it now. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, first of all, I did see it for the <laughs> first time. Okay, it's been out since 2009. You obviously have seen it, yes, right? Yes. Matt, have you seen the movie up? Yeah, yep. Okay. I just happened to see it was on uh, network TV. I've had people tell me, oh, you got to see that movie up. I've heard them tell me that before, but I've never seen it. You know, so I decided, okay, I'll, uh, I'll check it out. So I recorded it on the DVR, my favorite device in my whole house. And my wife and I sat down to watch it. I'm not going to say it was a mistake, but I'm going to say the timing of it wasn't the best. And I'll fill you in. I, mean, I don't want to bring our listeners down here either, but, Jared, you'll relate to this. So the whole premise of the movie is this. This guy, he starts out like as a, like a Boy Scout or something, and you know, he's he's wearing his Boy Scout little uniform, and he goes into this house, and there's this girl explorer in that house, and yeah. she's she's kind of bossing him around. Well, long story short, they end up getting married, you know, and they do this little six or seven minute montage at the very beginning yeah. of the movie. So it shows their whole life, you know, that, okay, they, they, they started out there in that little house. She was kind of intimidating to him. They, uh, they became friends in school. They ended up, you know, getting engaged, getting married. They went through a tragedy of not able to have kids, and they grow old together, right? The reason that this timing is terrible for me is, it, first of all, the old man at Up, you know, his, his name's <laughs> Carl Fredrickson. <laughs> He looks like my dad. Well, my dad's got these big black rim glasses, you know, yeah. and he's an old guy. The only difference is my dad's not a grumpy old man. He's a he's a you know, very happy old man. But I see this movie, seven minutes of this montage, 
And I'm crying like a baby because my mom just passed away in April, and she was an old lady, and, you know, it's it's kind of the same scenario that my dad's dealing with. See, I sort of thought you were going to take it the other way where it was like you. Oh, it kind of no. looks like you a little bit, like <laughs> Fredrickson. I guess I look like my dad then. <laughs> I thought that was what you were going to say, like, oh, like, you know, we're kind of heading down this, like, last chapter or whatever. And, and No, but it just hit me, man, and it was – anybody that's seen the movie, you got to yeah. admit that, that, uh, that opening your scene, eye. Yeah, that it? opening scene is a tough one. That's a toughie, but I will say this. Since uh, we'll talk a little bit more entertainment a little later, or maybe we should do it now. Let's get it on the table, and then we'll get some sports. How's that? All right. But I, I, I will say this. Yeah, it's a 2009 movie, but I'd never seen it. I could see why it won Academy Awards for uh, Best Animated Feature. It was it was excellent. It was yeah. very good. Okay. That's one of those. We, we've talked about season tickets and stuff like that. It's basically anything Pixar. Yep. You may as well just watch it. You know anything Pixar does is going to be really good. But, yeah, that, that – I mean, that just – they jump right into it. Your, oh. your emotions get going in that movie right off the jump. Oh, it cooked me. I I was not expecting that. You know, <laughs> I, I hadn't heard anything about it. I didn't Google it. I just knew it yeah. was a good movie, and man, got me. But uh, excellent movie. Uh, another thing we've been watching, you know, we like to throw this out occasionally. Uh, do you guys have Amazon Prime? I know you got Netflix, but on Amazon Prime, I know, Jared, you're, you're a big conspiracy theory guy, especially when it comes to, like, the Nazis, right, in yeah. South America oh, yeah. and that. Well, it's about this this uh, series is called Hunters, and it stars Al Pacino, and he's the he's the head of a Nazi hunting group in, in the 70s, and they're, they're tracking Nazis that are trying to infiltrate the United States. It's it's kind of like Quentin Tarantino-ish, mm-hmm. you know, the way it's filmed and the way it's put together. I'm three episodes in, and I'm really, we're getting into it. It's, it's really good. So I'll give you a little recommendation on that one if you haven't seen it yet. Hunters. I don't, it's Is it some, a new series? Yeah, yeah, it just came out uh, this year. Yeah, li- yeah, just a little bit ago. I don't, I think it's because of that show, but everyone's kind of in like a, almost like a Finding Hitler like type of mode. And that's like my dad. He's been watching this show like all the time. It's, I don't, I think it's Chasing Hitler or something like that. Right, it's on right. History Channel. And it's sort of like, um, like if you remember the show monster quest or ancient aliens where they never find anything like but it's or curse of oak island like i feel like history channel it's all that mm-hmm. that's all that is but my dad loves every single one of those shows and i just don't understand what it is about those shows like i will admit like monster quest like you said conspiracies i love that show mm-hmm. but i just this is a little bit it's like they're researching stuff they're looking at old buildings like in the in argentina and, and their reasoning for researching certain areas like i, I just it's kind of BS. Like, they're never going to find anything worth anything. Well, like I said, I, I give this one high marks. It's It's got a little bit different twist to it, taking place in the 70s, you know, and hunting down uh, Nazis. It's it's well done. The three episodes I've seen, uh, we're definitely staying in for the duration on that one. Um, this one falls into Matt's company. We haven't talked about it here on the podcast since uh, The Last Dance. You know, they've had a couple of uh, 30 for 30s that they put out there and wanted to get your guys thoughts on the Lance Armstrong and the Bruce Lee one. Have you had a chance to watch them yet? I didn't watch B water. I didn't watch the Bruce Lee one. Um, I, I think we talked about it before, maybe a little before my time. I'm sure it was great. I'm sure it was really well done and all that stuff. And it'd be very good, but I, I'm just not like overly interested in even his movies or even that documentary. Maybe I'll sit down and watch it sometime, but the Lance Armstrong one, maybe because I was, you know, I, I, was paying attention to sports while during his run. I didn't know like necessarily all the details, obviously, because they weren't they weren't talking about him that much while he was winning seven Tour de France's. But man, that 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 two part documentary was awesome. I don't know if you guys watched it, but I know people have all their opinions about him. He's kind of an asshole, you know. He's a liar, maybe duped a lot of people and did all that stuff. But the thing, like he, you can see immediately why he was as great as he was. It's similar to watching The Last Dance. It's like him and Michael Jordan, there's a reason why only one or two people are as great as they are like in their sport because they have that mindset. He was just – he knew he was better than everyone else. Even, you know, everyone in the whole sport of cycling was doping. So, like, it's not like he was doing anything different. He was just better than everyone else. Kind of Jordan knew he was better than everyone else. So, like, that part of it, it was just super cool to see. And then just, like, you know, see, seeing some of the more details about what actually went on, uh, it was just really interesting. Um, 
I'm sure I would like it. Like I, I watched maybe the first 20 minutes and I was intrigued, but and I think maybe I told this a few weeks ago, but but I'm kind of soured on the whole Lance Armstrong movie thing because I remember when I went to Chicago with I, I think it was Chicago when I was like five or six or something. We went to the IMAX and we saw some sort of Lance Armstrong like. I think it was like a documentary, just basically like watching him ride a bike. And as like a five-year-old, it was basically like locking me in like a jail cell for like two hours. <laughs> I just remember thinking that this yeah. is the worst thing I've ever watched. This is terrible. I don't know why anyone would ever pay to watch it. And so that's basically why I it's kind of ruined the whole sport of bicycling for me. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, Matt kind of mentioned it. It was well done. It was a good documentary for sure. I wrote down one word in my notes about Lance Armstrong, and you even used it. Asshole. I mean, he... <laughs> He is a class A jerk. Yeah, I'll give him credit for you know being dedicated to his craft and and all that good stuff. But what a what a dick. I mean, just a liar, you know. And then finally they they finally pinned him under the under the under the mat. And you know what? He ended up paying five or seven million dollars because he kept on lying and finally had to fess up. I mean, yeah, he he definitely did. He he paid his. I mean, he paid a lot of money out. You just mentioned it. But I just think like you know who at whatever like field they're in whether they're actors musicians you know you're always going to find those people that are at the peak of their profession and they're not necessarily a nice person i mean like right. the last dance was painting michael jordan as this like god but like everyone would admit that he wasn't necessarily a nice person actually like the last dance you saw that he was a dickhead at practice and you know to his teammates and stuff like that so yes maybe lance armstrong took it to another level with the way that he treated some people but like I just feel like being that like type A personality like that. If you want to be like the best in your field, maybe there's a reason that some people don't get to that level because they don't have that kind of drive. But you know, the one thing that did stand out to me is like the, the whole Livestrong thing. And maybe that's because I remember how popular those bracelets were. Like you, everyone had to have one of those Livestrong bracelets. And like they they talked about how people were trying to invalidate all the good that he did for the cancer community. And but then they they brought people on and said like you can't you he's a liar he's a jerk you know all that kind of stuff but like all the good that he did for the cancer community I mean he has he has done a lot for cancer research and stuff like that so you know that whole side to it you can't take any of that away no. I think the, he even mentioned it the intentions for Livestrong were always good then there's the other side with the cycling and stuff like that that kind of taints uh, his his uh, greatness I guess. Well, you mentioned about the Bruce Lee one that you haven't seen it, and I know you haven't seen it yet either, Jared. It's good. I mean, it does kind of fall more into my age group. What is the obsession with your age group and, like, Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris? Like, what is that about? <laughs> like, it's, I've always kind of wondered it. I've always thought it was kind of dumb. Well, I don't, I don't pair them together. I mean, Chuck Norris, you know, he made a TV career, and, you know, he, he used kung fu because he was a, a disciple of Bruce Lee. It was actually was one of his villains in one of the movies. Yeah. But the thing with Bruce Lee, it was kind of a mythical thing, you know. He was, he was like the king of martial arts back in the in the 60s and his whole story which they get into in the documentary if you ever have a couple hours and you and you you want to see what bruce lee was all about i think they did do a good job putting it together i mean think about this and again this is again for people in my age group there was a television show in the 70s early to mid 70s called kung fu right it was the name of the show it was about this chinese guy that uh, came to America, uh, you know, he was an immigrant, and he was taught by, you know, uh, the guru of kung fu in China before he came here. Bruce Lee wanted that, he wanted that job. I mean, he wanted to be the, the star of kung fu and the studios, and again, it's it kind of fits into our society today and age, in today's day and age, with what we're seeing in racism out there. Well, he, he had to face racism because here's a guy that's actually Chinese, actually probably the best kung fu expert in the world, and he's an actor. He's an A-list actor specifically in China, and he's making a lot of headway here in the United States. And they said, no, we're going to give it to David Carradine, a Caucasian. It, it just made no sense, you know, and, and they touched on that a little bit as well. It's just funny because kung fu – it would be like absolutely destroyed by like Brazilian like jujitsu or something nowadays. It's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like the fighting technique doesn't really make sense. All right, but, 
But and then while we're on the topic of thirty for thirty tonight, uh, we're recording this on Sunday. Uh, any interest in watching Long Gone, the ninety-four home run chase with McGuire and Sosa? That's a that's actually one that I actually I think I am going to watch that because similar to the Bruce Lee thing, I don't understand how this was like such must-watch television, like just a home run chase. I, it sounds like kind of cool, like where you guys are talking about how they used to cut into just everyday television, like every time one of these guys was up. Coming but why did it really, like, was it just so, there would never been anything like it before, like people hitting this many home runs, but yet there was still two of them in one season? Is that, like, just all of a sudden they Oh, yeah. Off? Well, it, you know, it was like Babe Ruth had the record from 1927 to 1961. Yeah. Roger Maris hit 61, and then. Nobody had surpassed 61 home runs until Sosa and McGuire went on a tear. You know, Bonds did it after that. But that's keep in mind that baseball, kind of similar to what they're going through nowadays, was, you know, really struggling for viewers. They had the strike that turned off the baseball fans they had at the time. And it basically saved the game of baseball, you know, and come to find out, well, a lot of it was <laughs> juice and cha- yeah. enhanced but still it was it was fascinating to see them try to get that record and then you know they both got it yeah fascinating like to see guys hitting bombs like that but like for me i was whatever 14 years old so like think about like a kid who was i, I was a huge baseball fan then the tigers weren't very good so it's not like i was wanting to be like locked into the tigers all the time so like that was watching Sosa and McGuire and Bonds and, you know, all those guys just mashing home runs. I mean, it was the coolest thing you would do. I would go out in the backyard every day and, like, try and replicate guys' swings and try and hit the ball like Sosa and do that that hop that he would do after he hit a home run and stuff like that. So, like, as a kid watching it, that's why it was so cool to me. I just wanted to hit home runs like these dudes. Yeah, kind of brought back memories with you describing that because I think every you know twelve to fourteen year old kid that plays baseball, that's what you do. You, yeah, you emulate the uh, the big leaguers. Has anyone have any anyone of us three hit a home run before in their life ever? Over the fence? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, you I, have. Yeah, that's awesome. I that's I never had that opportunity because that was one problem with like you said. That's what every kid wants to do. The for some reason I'm gonna call it the Corona Youth Baseball League. <laughs> their fences you were playing on grown adult softball fields so 300 foot fence you right never could hit over but yet you got the neighboring owasso league where they play in like little league fields and it just looked like so much more fun you're right about that and when i played little league ball i mean we didn't even have fences i mean <laughs> you just if you got a home run it was an outside the park home run yeah. where it rolled rolled and rolled <laughs> never stopped rolling <laughs> that's right you got that little league home run i definitely had a lot of those just because i was like fast as a kid but did you play on the the fenced in field at elsa meyer that was like the legendary yeah yeah, I definitely hit some home runs there. And in high school, had a few home runs. So I, I got to do the trot. Yeah, no, I never got to do that trot. Yeah, we played on that field, but I, I, mean, I, I played on that when I was in, like, you know, second or third grade where I don't think we had the power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we – when – I know Corona, like, summer baseball, and, well, obviously it's not happening this summer, but I know I don't know. It seems like it's changed quite a bit. I don't know all the details. But, like, when I was going through playing Little League – the Corona Summer Baseball, like you mentioned, Jared, the Owasso one, the Owasso Travel League was always like, it was like the gem of the area. If you played in the Owasso Travel League, that was like pretty cool. But the Owasso Summer, or the, the Corona Summer Baseball League was pretty legit. Like we always had a good six or eight teams. And, you know, a lot of times it was kind of the same core team on each group, you know, same coaches and stuff like that going from the parent pitch going to, you know, through each level of summer baseball. It was awesome. But we had some kids. I mean, if you can picture, remember that the fenced infield at Elsa Meyer, if you hit a home run, there was a decent chunk of grass, but then there was a parking lot. <laughs> but then Elsa Meyer was right behind there. Mm-hmm. It was always a challenge to try and hit a home run to the parking lot. But I saw some dudes. I mean, Dave Graham, he was in my grade. He, he played football and stuff like that. He played baseball with us too, but – I saw one of the biggest home runs I've ever seen hit. He hit a bomb from that fenced in field. I mean, yeah, like you said, we were, I don't know, second grade or something, whatever year this was, third grade, onto the roof of Elsa Meyer. Oh, wow, that's a shot. <laughs> Someone served up just a meatball to him, and I, he might have cleared <laughs> Elsa Meyer. Like, it hit the roof and kept going, and that was it's just, like, legendary. So... Maybe you just fell into, like, the wrong yep. generation. Summer summer baseball wasn't a big deal. Well, no, it just sounds like I wasn't 
100% fully grown in third grade where I was able to. You, I don't think that that's a freaking uh, one hell of a shot. I want to see but his birth you, certificate. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so do you is, do you think that so you there's probably not going to be little league. Is, no, there it isn't going like, to be little league. Don't no, no little are you talking local or national? Just, I guess the well, I, I know the little canceled. league world series is yeah. canceled. By the way, I have a little bit of tidbit on that later. Okay. But what so is the MLB like it's just not going to happen? Your your God for say your lovable MLB like the season just is not going to happen. Well, well, let's let's hold that thought for one second as we wrapped up the entertainment part. You know what? They're back. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast, is open for dine-in service again. They have a great menu and specialize in pub sandwiches, and they're adhering to the latest COVID-19 standards with three sanitizing stations, a QR code for menus, and also disposable ones. Add it to your calendars. Thursday, bike nights return on June 25th. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. And you know what else? Everybody likes a great deal. Well, go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for info on upcoming auctions. The auction house packed with all kinds of great items. Also, I just noticed they have some great vehicles for sale. So go online at SheridanAuctionService.com and sign up for their email notifications. And one final message for you for hits from the 80s, 90s, and now I'm throwing in a Z92.5 plug here. Download the free Z92.5 smartphone app. The castle is mid-Michigan's favorite spot to catch high school sports, all live on Z92.5 and replayed right here at Three Point Podcast. Well, Jared, back to your question. Major League Baseball, I know we talked about it last week. They are completely blowing it. I mean, they blew it from the get-go when they could be out there playing right now, you know, generating some money. You got Tony Clark, the former Tiger, the head of the union. They got the owners, you know, saying, hey, you don't deserve this much money. I mean, it's, they just can't seem to come into agreement. And it looks like from the latest that we heard today, the commissioner who put into an agreement in March when this whole COVID came down, he's saying, well, I have authority just to put you guys back to work, right? And that's what it looks like they're going to have some sort of baseball season, but how, how it's going to be, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they, they signed a deal, like in March, like you mentioned, that basically like the bare minimum. If we can't come to any other sort of agreement, this is the bare minimum. And I think it was 48 or 50 games. So I think, yeah, he has the authority to like force the season to happen. But, I mean, you, you just said it all right there. Like, obviously – players are going to stick up for each other. Like, you know, the players are always going to back each other and, you know, and probably rightfully so if they're being forced to go out there and play, they want to make sure they're still getting compensated and, you know, they're, they're safe as far as this virus goes and whatever else is going on. But man, it, it sure seems like, like you said, they're, they're dropping the ball and they, they could be playing. They could at least be practicing right now. And like we mentioned last week, it just, it really seems like 4th of July weekend would have been the time to like get the season going. They could have really, they could have really stepped up and done something cool. Yeah, it, it's they completely botched it. I'm, and, and not gonna lie, I was a little bit after this MLB draft just went through, and and every, all I see on Twitter is how the Tigers just absolutely like blew it out of the park. Like they're awesome. Torkelson, like, yeah, Torkelson. Well, he's got just, some nice highlight yeah, hits, doesn't he? <laughs> it's funny. It's that's my favorite thing about the MLB draft. You have no idea who these guys are until they're drafted. Right. Like you don't ever hear anything anybody talk about. It. You don't even know that the draft's coming up, and then all of a sudden you got this guy. I do like that we took a position player. It's just more fun. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sick of taking the pitchers. I know like Casey Mize is probably going to have a really good career and stuff like that. But I just personally, as somebody who just likes it for home runs, pretty much, I like this pick. Yeah, I do too. And I know they're going to they're going to start him out at third base, which I'm okay with. But you know, if he becomes a defensive liability, I think Castellanos, you know, showed that he really wasn't that comfortable at third base. But it sounds like this kid can play first base, can play a corner outfield position, and like I said, I mean, you're big on highlight clips yeah. from football and whatnot his highlights from college what he hit like 54 home runs in two years and he's got just a beautiful swing so yeah. hopefully it hopefully it pays off for the tags yeah and that, that's the whole point like they they had a good draft and they've the last few years actually they've done pretty well like jared mentioned they've been drafting tr- trying to build up on the pitchers but i mean if they like if they play a 50 game season i know i threw that out last week or the week before and, and ted you weren't a very, very big fan but like 50 games you could get hot and, you know, try and avoid some injuries. You know, like Miguel Cabrera the last few years, he, he's maybe good for a stretch, but then he starts to wear down. 50 games, it's kind of like a sprint to the finish. Like, I know the contracts are all weird and stuff like that in baseball, but, like, bring these kids up, right? 50 games? 
bring Torkelson up. Let him play. I mean, let let Mize come up and get some starts. And I think it could be kind of fun. Yeah, you know, and I've kind of kind of come around a little bit because that's what we're going to be stuck with. A, you know, a 48-52 game stretch where you know it's a sprint to the finish line. It's definitely not going to be the regular type of baseball season maybe it won't be so bad you know like you said every team has a chance See, to get hot early but i don't i don't like like the, if the tigers end up in the playoffs like I, that just feels like not right because they don't deserve it a short season baseball is kind of weird where you can you get lucky you know even if you're a really bad team or you have a month or two where you're kind of hot like i that's why i don't really like the shortened season for baseball obviously shorten it from 162 but 50 that's just like I just stupid to be playing like NFL like four game season. It's really like a fourth of their season. I like it'd be four. It'd be playing four NFL games and then deciding who goes to the playoffs. I get your point, but to say it's not fair, that's not also true because every team's in the same boat, right? So why wouldn't it be fair if they're all playing with the same deck of cards? Yeah, and a lot of times in baseball too. I mean, maybe fifty games is a bit short, right? But I mean, if you think about it, the last couple of years after fifty games, you knew the Tigers weren't in it. So, like, you know, usually after 50, maybe 60, 70 games, you know who the best maybe eight or ten teams are in the league, which is kind of what we've talked like why baseball needs to shorten their season anyway. A lot of times by May, definitely by June, half the league is out of it already. So it's like give, you know, 50 games, you'll know who the better teams are. I mean, maybe for 10 or 15, 20 games, the whole league is in it, but then definitely some teams are going to taper off. Yeah, and they're going to have an expanded playoffs too. So you know, the better teams you would think would would do well in a five or seven game series. Yeah, it could be terrible. You know, I mean, the thing is, is like it's still baseball. So like, if you know, Ted, you you love yeah. baseball. I I still do. I have definitely fallen off a little bit, uh, but I still definitely like baseball a lot. So I would definitely, I think I would start tuning in more, if, especially if the Tigers were contending. If the Tigers were contending, I would. Um, but I'm not going to act like I would watch like every single game. But, you know, like, will it draw back in like Jared? You know, people like Jared who are not necessarily big baseball fans. I mean, that's the whole struggle because it's still you're sitting down to watch a four-hour baseball game. Like, we've talked about it. Like I said, like if they had started it, started the season like two months ago, right in the heart of this, like it probably would have brought so many kids like my age. And they always talk about, like, MLB must not – it must not be struggling that much because it's a billion-dollar – you know, company out in the Yankees by themselves are worth billions of dollars. But the thing with baseball, and this was slid across my desk um, like a few days ago, where it's a video of some sort of highlight reel. You talk about how you like highlight reels mm-hmm. of the 1945 World Series <laughs> outfielders. And all it says is they put on a fielding display. And it's about a 25 second video of routine like pop flies just completely being missed grounders getting hit in the outfield where they get on a knee and to try to field it and it rolls up their arm and where guys are just dropping pop flies at like the fence so i just don't do you have any sort of like retort for that i got because you're kind of the old like i do is this really like what you looked up to when you were a kid well let's let's like yeah let's put like me and matt like matt's looking up to kobe bryant (laughs) like i'm like lebron james you're looking at these outfielders in this 1945 World Series saying, like, I can't wait to Let, like, let's put like it in pers- Let's put it in perspective here, Jared, okay? You said the year, 1945, okay? <laughs> Think you about were- this. 1945, the war was just ending, okay? There was a four-year stretch that all the best major league <laughs> players, anybody that could see 2020 vision, they were fighting for the country. <laughs> so the major league baseball was pretty watered down in that in that era you know and especially in 45 think about this major league baseball had a one-armed player pete gray played in that era they also st louis Browns signed a player his name was eddie goodell he was a dwarf and he, he had, <laughs> this is such a joke he had one well they had to do something to get people to the go to the games i mean it was just that was it that was my retort it was it was war era baseball now back also on baseball i want to just quickly go to the twitter mailbag okay we got a tweet from miggy incognito and we were talking about baseball and how they've blown it and you know they had an opportunity to get some of the millennials involved watching it miggy says dying sport follow the money what are people paying to watch a sport that you played free as a kid has very little movement has the least educated players of the four major sports. If it didn't exist, would anybody really notice or care? Bad timing. And he says, hashtag RIP MLB. What do you guys think about I, that? 
I'm not sure where he got the least educated part. I, 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 I kind of retorted back to him on that too. I wasn't 100 percent sure. I on mean, that I don't. I, I would just like to see. <laughs> I'm not sure how you quantify that, but I mean, NHL hockey players. But I mean, they got to be in that range. Well, too. but then again, I don't. You just saw it. they lost out on a whole season, pretty much. Clearly, this whole thing has been botched. All the other leagues, even the ML, NFL, in the midst of like a, the Black Lives Matter, where they completely botched that, are still you know going forward with their season and seemingly picking up the pieces. But the MLB can't do it. Mm-hmm. So I, maybe they are. People throw out. I don't know if people have thrown out like less educated or least educated sport, but Miggy did. I, I've seen people. Yeah, I've seen people throw out like the, the. It's hard to relate to a lot of players in the MLB because they come from you know, Spanish-speaking countries, or it, they don't necessarily speak very good English. So, like, even think about Cabrera, when he was going through, he, you know, could he had, like, broken English. He didn't speak very good English. So when you would see interviews with him, it was kind of hard to understand, or he would, he would speak in Spanish. So I've seen people say, like, that it's kind of hard to relate to baseball players in that sense. I don't know if that's what Miggy Incognito was, like, alluding to, but, you know, not being able to come to a deal – like during this time, I don't think it's like an education thing. I just think it's mostly greed. Both. Greed. Absolutely greed with a capital G on both sides, owners and players. I will say this. You know, the players are saying, well, they want to be paid, you know, prorated 100% to how many games they play. That's not really fair to the owners either, is it? I mean, if there's no fans in the stands and all the money that's generated from ticket sales and concession sales, I know that doesn't all go to the players, but that all goes – to run in an organization, I think there should be some kind of compromise by the players, not a hundred percent prorated a salary, but maybe something a little bit more fair than what the owners have put out there. Maybe. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It'd be interesting to see what the numbers like are. They would they still be making a lot of a big profit, pretty much the owners? Because if if so, then I don't see what why they can't just pay the players, you know, what they want. Yeah, but. who's who's the young guy that writes or that's on ESPN, the baseball expert, Matt? Uh, you know the name I'm talking uh-huh. about. Pagan? Yeah. Pagan or Pagan? Yeah, yeah. He, he tweeted something. It was like seven different tweets that kind of laid out, uh, you know, where all the money is generated. And it's just unbelievable the postseason money from television that they get yeah. compared to the regular season. And I think one of his uh, points in that tweet was the owners just as soon go right to the playoffs. You know, they would make more money. You know, I, I can see a little bit of the side with the owners because, like, if you're, you know, like I think about what Comerica Park has, like, the last couple of years there's been, like, 500 people in the stands. Right. So, like, saying we're, going, saying we're going to no fans, well, that's not a whole lot different for the Tigers right now. I mean, they're not making much money off ticket sales anyway. It's all about TV. So, like, saying that the players, I'm trying to, like, see both sides. It's hard for me to side with owners through this because, like, you just usually always side with the players because they're the ones actually out there playing. But I, I feel like maybe both sides could have seen things differently, and obviously they couldn't. So if, they, if they're the only sport that's not going to be able to come to an agreement, I mean, it's just going to push more fans away. They'll, they'll need to start juicing again. Start yeah. juicing, and that'll get fans back in. Yeah. It's just pitiful they can't come to an agreement. It's it's funny, you know, when you when you look at the whole picture. I mean, baseball, let's face it, you got to be really skilled to play it and play it successfully, but it's not the hardest professional sport there is out there as far as the grind, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm gonna, I don't know if I agree with that. 162 games, when you're playing basically year-round and you're traveling, playing every day, you know, I know it's not necessarily like the physical grind of playing football, but I think that 162 games – and then, like, saying it's not as hard of a sport, I, I would almost argue baseball is maybe one of the hardest sports to be really good at, have, actually having to hit the ball and stuff oh, like that. Well, that's not what I meant. I meant physically. Well, Matt, do yeah, you I, want – well, compared to, like, the NFL where you're getting uh, what what is, cortisone sh- shots or cortisone or whatever the heck it's called, shots, like, every single day to even make it through practice compared to the MLB where – Oh, you have Miguel Cabrera, who who weighs 300 pounds. He just has to stand on first base for for nine innings. Right. No. I, yeah. That part of it, I definitely agree. Like you, you don't necessarily have to be peak. Like you don't have to be Bryce Harper if you want to be really good at baseball. If you want to be in that good of shape, go ahead. I just think I always think about like playing in the sport from whenever they start, whatever in like March, all the way through October, traveling. You know, the dog days of summer, all that travel, living on the road. Playing every there's got to be days that they yeah. wake up and they've got to go to the cage at 9 a.m. because they have an afternoon game that it's just like this is terrible I'm tired I'm beat 
Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Matt, but my goodness. I mean, it's certainly not like working in the coal mines and the money they're getting paid. I mean, that's to me, that's gravy train central. But that's why we have different opinions here. So nothing wrong with that. Let's move it quickly over to the NBA. Kyrie Irving seems to be at the forefront of some controversy there. You guys been following that closely? Yeah, I've been. Yeah, I mean he's a, he's a flat earther, so it's kind of hard to take him seriously. <laughs> he's a rich flat earther, by no, the way. No, well, here's the he wants you to know this. He's not a flat earther. He's saying that he just hasn't no one he hasn't seen it for his own two eyes. So he's not <laughs> saying that the Earth is flat, but he, he doesn't know for sure. So in a nutshell, break it down for me, the well, here's, old geezer. What's what, what's his whole point that he doesn't want to play? Is it is it racial? Is it health? What what is the deal? I I've been kind of following it, but I don't understand exactly. Well, the whole point of the 80-player telephone call and what Kyrie was really a proponent of. I know I know he's against going to Orlando, isn't he? he yeah, I mean, like, from what I read, season. and, like, Adrian Wojnarowski wrote a long article, and I don't know, if Jared, if you've seen some other stuff, but, like, from what I've read, he, he basically, he's trying to, like, just, you know, galvanize the players and say, you know, kind of maybe what the MLB players are saying, and, like, we're getting, like, used, basically. Like, they want to... They want us to go down there in this bubble where it's not necessarily safe and play while the owners and, you know, TV and all these other people are making a shit ton of money. I mean, the players are making a lot of money too. But, you know, they're saying, like, all these owners and and the teams and the TV are making a ton of money off of us while we're the ones exposing ourselves to this virus. So there's that side to it. And there is the activist side that he's saying, like, you know, this is a pretty big time in our country right now with what's going on. And he's kind of saying that if we go back and play, it's almost like silencing us. Like, you know, because they're not supposed to do certain things, you know, during the game. They can't, like, protest or do some other things during the game and stuff like that. So, like, while they could be right now using their voice for activism, if they go back and play, that's kind of, like, distracting or taking away. It's almost like trying to, like, brush aside everything that's going on right now. Let's just go play basketball. Whereas, like, LeBron... And some other guys are saying, we can go play, but we can still, like, voice our opinion. We can wear shirts or, you know, do other kind of, like, protest-type stuff, you know, speak after the games and do stuff and still keep the activism thing going. Well, doesn't that make more sense than anything, the LeBron's take on it? Because, let's face it, that's their job. I mean, how are you going to get a paycheck if you don't go play? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because Kyrie Irving, he can't play. He's hurt right now. So that might affect his opinion. But people kind of – he's kind of turning into a scapegoat. Like, Kyrie Irving doesn't want to play. Well, he's also, like, the vice president, like, the NFL player or NBA Players Association. So, it's not like they don't like him. They probably – a lot of people probably do agree with him. Mm-hmm. But I feel like as long as LeBron is going to say, like, we're going to play, like, they're going to play. Yeah. I mean, who you – if you're an up-and-coming player, like a Trey Young or something, are you going to follow Kyrie Irving or LeBron? Well, don't you think LeBron's take on it was better anyway? Because he says, hey, first of all, like I said, that's their job. That's how they get their paycheck. Why would you just want to sit out the season and not play? Well, I think it's they're trying to say that this is more important than that. I but, guess. but like LeBron said, he said you could still protest and but still play. Why can't why can't cooler heads prevail in this? The difference between LeBron and Kyrie is LeBron's the favorite to win the NBA title if they return That's Kyrie's true. team. That's true was bad they both him and Kevin Durant are injured they'd probably rather the season just be called I'd be curious to to see what a vote would be every NBA player because I I wonder if the superstar players would vote the same as the 12th guy I know Mo Bamba was basically saying like my opinion doesn't really matter I'm not going to go against like the superstars in the league and they all want to come back so sure so yeah it'd be interesting to see like the that basically sounds like he doesn't really want to but he's not going to contradict them Mm -hmm. but yeah like an anonymous vote Mm mm-hmm it would be interesting to see. I, but then again, I don't really. What, I don't want an anonymous vote for this because it's like the players, the guys who aren't in the playoffs, the guys who don't really matter. I want the James Harden, the LeBron, like Kawhi. Like I want their opinion. Honestly, I get like the top thirty players and poll them. Right. Were they all on the phone call? I, Eighty know? of them. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Majority. It of would them. be interesting to hear where what their take was in that. I, boy, I'd like to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Yeah, been yeah per- it would have been interesting to hear that whole conversation. And there have been some players coming out and saying they're on Kyrie's side, you know, and saying for whatever reason they don't feel like it's right to play. But I think most most people are saying they want to play. One, because they want to play. They, they want to go out there and play basketball. But there have been guys saying, you're, to your point, Ted, like, 
you know, this is this is our job. This is what we're getting paid to do. We should go play. But the other side to the whole Kyrie thing, like you mentioned him being hurt, Jared, uh, the Nets wouldn't even be invited to Orlando. So, like, it's, his, his team wouldn't even be down yeah. there playing. So that's why it's kind of a little bit falling on deaf ears because it's like, okay, well, maybe it's, it's easy for you to take this stand because you you aren't even going to be invited to play. Yeah. So easy for you to say, like, none of us should go play. Despite all this noise, they're going to play, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the NBA has even said, like, I mean, I guess they're I, not 100% sure, but the NBA has even said, like, if, yeah, say, say LeBron didn't want to play, even though he said he did. But, like, if players didn't want to play, they would ask, like, G League players, would you want to come up and take a spot? Like, we're, we're going to have kind of like the, the 1945 World Series or George whatever Lincoln. with re- replacement players. They would bring some guys up who, you know, from practice squads or whatever, if they want to play, you can play. We're going to do it. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I, I think we're going to have it. But then again, when you see things like Houston, the where they're basically they had six college players, right. like college athletes, like test positive, they had to shut down the whole thing. I, I don't. I don't know. I feel like the NBA is more structurally sound than like college, and they can really control like what everyone's doing, like where's everyone going. But and it's and again, it's professionals. So yeah. I mean, they're getting paid. That's their job. They can make their own decisions. You know, as individuals, it's a little different. College. You know, yeah. it's a little little different scenario, which worries the hell out of me. Since you brought up the six players at Houston, and we're starting to see a trend now, where for a while there it looked like. They were going to figure it out, and we were going to get some college football. Now I'm starting to worry again. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, last week when well, you mentioned Houston, uh, like eight Alabama have been tested positive in the last week or two. Um, a couple other schools in the SEC have had some positive tests. So, like, I mean, you got to think about it. Like, I mean, kind of like the NBA. At least the NBA may be a little more controlled, I guess. But they're being controlled on college campuses too. But, like, they were talking about when all these kids start coming back to – whether it's Alabama, Michigan, or, you know, Houston, wherever, they're coming from, like, all over the country. So you're almost, like, bringing these people who have been exposed to different germs and different everything. You don't know what they're doing in the weeks leading up, and you're, like, plopping them in the weight room. So it's kind of like, it's almost like, what do you expect to happen? There, there's going to be positive tests. You know, things are opening up, so there's going to be positive tests. It's all on, like, how you manage it. The weird thing is going to be, like, if all of a sudden – you know, I, I really, I, it sure seems like there's going to be football. Like, they're going to do it, you know, how it's going to be play out. Like, is Michigan going to travel to Washington and play in that first game of the season? I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, they might try and limit some of the travel. Get Like they were talking about, guys will just have to be, like, quarantined for two weeks. So, if your starting quarterback gets tested positive, sorry, your next game, you're playing with your backup. You know, like, because right. if you test positive, you're going to have to be quarantined. The season's going on, but, sorry, I mean, you're – you can't keep playing if you test positive. So that'll be interesting to see. Well, let's wrap up this podcast and we'll come full circle. You know, uh, we got some live sports out there right now. You got NASCAR, okay, and they seem to be pulling it together without fans, and it's real sports. I mean, it's something live that you can watch on TV. I mean, New Zealand, a country, they figured it out. They have zero cases there now. They're they're allowing fans in the stands. They had a jam-packed – uh, contest for rugby in New Zealand, New Zealand because right at the very beginning of this COVID thing, they shut down the borders. Nobody was allowed in. They uh, did the whole uh, safety precaution thing, and they have no more cases. But like I mentioned, bringing this full circle, we'll get Jared's scathing review of his uh, golf course experience today. But uh, what do you think about golf? That's back now. I'm 100% for it. I, it, it seemed like the most obvious, like, they could easily do this right? like, type sport. Uh, the bigger story, like from the golf thing, was like they're trying to, you know, how we watched the match between Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, and I know where they're, they're trying to, they're trying to make the the golf, you know, more fun, more fun, right. and they wanted to mic up the players, and the only one who was for it was Ricky Fowler. Yeah, what do you think of that? Why why would the other ones shut it down? Or is it that bad? The conversations they're having, they don't want to be distracted, or why wouldn't they go along I, with that? I probably wouldn't want myself. No. I, I don't think you never, even especially on a golf course. Like in, uh, if you hit a real bad, like you never know what can slip out. But nobody's there, right? First of all, the fans aren't there, and we've talked about it last week. There's got to be some sort of delay. If somebody really goes crazy, they don't have to play the audio. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, but you, there stuff like that's always gonna get, get through the cracks. Sure. Yeah, you you think like. You know, trying to deal with the delay, they'd be able to handle it. But, right, I mean, just whatever day it was, Thursday or Friday, when the golf tournament, I think it was Thursday, when the golf tournament was back on TV, within five minutes, John Rahm dropped an F-bomb. 
and it made air. Yeah. So, like, you know, stuff like that. It's stuff like that's going to happen, and you don't necessarily want that on network TV. But I, I think it's mostly, like, I, yes, it would be fun to be mic'd up. You know, you get to joke around, maybe a little trash talking stuff, but it probably is, like, the distraction part. Like, if you're playing in a fun tournament, like that Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady one, you know, yeah, go ahead and mic up. That, this is just for fun. But, like, if you're teeing off on 18 at Augusta, you know, trying to win the Masters, and you're really trying to focus – and then you have to also think like, oh, I got to remember, I, I've got a mic on me. I have to watch what I'm saying. I mean, I can kind of understand the players saying, I don't even want like that distraction. I don't even want to think about it. If a if a nap mic picks up me dropping an f bomb, well, whatever that happens. But you know, I don't I don't necessarily want a mic on my shirt, hearing me like cuss out my caddy or something like that. You know. Yeah, it, 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 there's a difference between doing it every single second of every golf match and doing like what the NFL does, which is like maybe once a year you'll right. get mic'd up and then you get to watch it before they air any of it and cut whatever you want. Yeah, if, I mean, for some of these tournaments that really, frankly, there's not a lot of interest in the fans, don't you think that would be that'd be a cool thing? There's no way they'd ever do it the Masters or any of the majors, you know. But I think it would be it would be fun for the fans, obviously, but I see the player's point, too. I mean, it's a that's a game where you need the utmost concentration. You know, you can tell that I don't concentrate very well because my clubs were in the crawl space, so. <laughs> <laughs> what, could be, what could be a cool, like, compromise is to mic up a couple of the caddies and just really tell them, like, give them, say, turn it off when you're talking to your, you know, your golfer, ah. you know, like when, when the guy's like lining up and stuff, you could hear him say like, we pull the seven iron out because he, for this reason, this reason, cool. That could be a compromise, but you know, I don't know if would people be like interested in listening to a caddy, you know, I, I don't know about that, but I, I will say like doing, I've done a bunch of games where we've had uh, coaches mic'd up or I've been like in an edit room when coaches or players are mic'd up and we get to, it like Jared talked about the players or coaches get to watch it before it airs I've got to like watch and listen to the stuff before it's supposed to like they always send it with an x across the screen like do not air right and yeah there, there's a lot of stuff that people would not want making air that that's the main thing they're like we'll listen and we'll be like oh yeah this isn't making air because <laughs> people I mean you know we, we've all played sports you know you, you don't really watch what you say while you're playing sports <laughs> nope that's very true well, I think we've uh, we made it through another podcast, fellas. I look forward to uh, Jared's review on uh, golfing later on today. You feeling confident, young man? Isn't it? It's weird how just yesterday it throws your whole day off when something <laughs> like that. You just couldn't focus on golf. So I'm looking forward. That's a good thing about golf is every day is a new day, and every single before every round, you're like, this is the round right. that I like really put it together. And it's it a- never is, but you always like that's what's awesome about it. Every it- Every round, you're like, this is it. And weather-wise, it's perfect. You, yep. It's going to be awesome out there. Is, it, is it your game improving, Jared? Yeah, I mean, you know, not to brag, shot a 42 yesterday, but that wasn't – I don't know, it just wasn't – it didn't feel like a good 42. It was at Dutch Hollow. I, that's pretty much what I'm saying, which is, just for those who don't know who don't live in the area, there's not a single sand trap on the entire course. So <laughs> That's my kind of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's just kind of what we're dealing with here difficulty-wise. There's also a 230-yard par four. So. All, right. All right, fellas, anything else you want to get on the table before we close this thing? All right, we're good to go. That's a wrap. Your comments and questions are always welcome on social media at 3-Point Pod or shoot us an email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Subscribe, rate us on all the big podcast hosting sites, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and the others. Support our partners. It's very important to tell them that you listen in, and I know a lot of you do that. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, Card Service Michiana, Corona Connection, Promec Engineering, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Sheridan Auction Service, Nelson House Funeral Homes, and Z92.5, The Castle. We're syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit, and uh, you can definitely find us out there. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel thanking you again for supporting Three Point Podcast, and bye just for now. <laughs>